Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel, bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you will not hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he commanded in Ephesians 5.11. God states in his word that he would rise up ministries in the last days to do mighty exploits that would turn many to righteousness. Now here with vital insights from God's word is pastor and author Joe Schimmel. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to welcome you back to the fastest half hour in radio here at the Good Fight Radio Show, where we learn to discern the difference between God's will in our lives and our own will, uh, the difference between good and evil and light and darkness, where we really discover, God, what do you say in your word? What do you want us to know, Lord? Of course, he wants us to know the most holy one. That's him. And he wants us to know his will. And one of the ways we do that is, you know, we try to pro provide programs that we feel are challenging, that are insightful, that are encouraging, that have to do with the times in which we live. Uh, but also, we like to provide question and answer time. And I want to encourage you, whether it's by Facebook, uh, the Good Fight Facebook, or uh, through our radio audience, writing into uh, goodfightradio.org, or whether it's through the internet or through our YouTube questions, which we have, you know, uh, millions of hits on YouTube. Uh, you can leave questions there, whether it's or whether it's simply through email. Uh, we want to answer your questions. We can't get to all of them. Uh, we sift through them. We try to get back to you if we can't do it on the radio. But this is a Q&A day. And uh, Tony, what question do you have up first, bro? Well, this question comes from Yolanda from Los Angeles, California, and she called through our Good Fight radio telephone line at one eight six six jc truth And her question is about who will populate the earth during the millennium and how will there be natural bodies in the millennium? Let's take a listen. Hello, my name is Yolanda, and I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. First, I just want to say I'm so grateful for Fight the Good Fight Ministries. Um, throughout the years, um, their Soul, Their Soul documentary has been a tool used to bring many of my friends and my family members to Christ. My question comes from a place of... Um, our reigning with Christ and our salvation, I always thought it was black and white as far as when Christ comes back, either we are found in him and we go be with him for eternity or we're sentenced to hell. So my question comes, my question is about the thousand-year reign. How is it that we as believers during the thousand-year reign are reigning over non-believers in their natural bodies? Well, that's a great question, Yolanda. In fact, it's interesting. That's a very... Uh common question. I've received probably, you know, four or five questions very similar to that in just the last week or two. And one of those questions comes via our Facebook from Call for Discernment Ministries in Amsterdam out of Netherlands. In fact, I've preached, I've uh, done a few preaching tours, three or four preaching tours there in the Netherlands, uh, sharing the word of God and, and discernment and what have you. So it's a great question from Call for Discernment Ministries, much like Yolanda's, and they ask this, quote, uh, it's probably a no-brainer for many, but who will repopulate the earth during the 1,000-year reign of Christ and the saints, quote, end quote. You see, Christ will rule with the saints, but who will be ruling over? Who will we be reigning over? Who are the natural bodies that are populating the earth at that time? 
Well, actually, it's not a no-brainer. In fact, uh, the very fact that I've received it several times recently shows that a lot of people are asking this question. I think it's a very interesting question with an even more interesting answer. We also got the question recently from Jenny Melendez in Newbury Park, California. Also from Barry the Comedian, a Christian comedian out, out of Texas. Same question. Now, before we get to the actual answer to the question, I think it's important that we don't just assume that everybody understands what the thousand-year millennium is, because a lot of Christians don't. In fact, a lot of Christians aren't even familiar with the fact that we will reign with Christ for a thousand years, or even the controversy, because there are many Christians that don't hold to a literal millennial view that there'll be an actual thousand-year period. So, so let's discuss that for a few moments so our radio audience knows what we're talking about. We read in Revelation chapter 19 that the Lord Jesus Christ will return with his armies from heaven to establish his kingdom on earth. There we read that he'll defeat the uh, false prophet and the beast and that he'll establish his kingdom. And then we turn to Revelation chapter 20. We read about his establishment of his kingdom, his thousand-year reign. Now, it's interesting. Uh, that viewpoint that he comes and then he establishes his kingdom, that he comes to the earth and that he actually reigns for a thousand years on earth is the pre-millennial view. That is, that he comes pre or before the millennium to set up his kingdom. He comes and then he sets up his kingdom. Now, don't get this confused with the pre, mid, or post uh, controversy with regard to the tribulation period, which is the last seven years of history before the millennium. That's a whole other topic, which I love to discuss as well. But this is regarding not the seven-year period, but regarding Christ's thousand-year rule. And the most popular view among evangelicals is a pre-millennial view, that he comes back and he establishes his thousand-year reign. Another view is the amillennial view. Ah meaning from the Greek, a ah millennial meaning no millennium, like atheist is one who doesn't believe in theism or a god or agnostic, one that doesn't believe in knowledge or that we have knowledge of who God is, I should say. Uh, amillennialism doesn't hold to a literal thousand year millennium. Many of them spiritualize it and many of them hold that the thousand years is not literal, but it does represent a period of time whereby we're going through right now and then Christ will eventually return at the end of it. Uh, that actually has the cart before the horse because that has Christ coming still at the end of the millennium, even if it's not a literal millennium. Uh, it's similar to the post-mill view, but quite different in, in very important reasons that Ah Mills uh, would state. The post-millennial view believes that Christ will come post-mill, he'll come after the millennium. And many post-mills believe that the gospel will continue to spread, that the earth will be, you know, the world will be Christianized. Uh, many even take a, uh, you know, almost militant view that, you know, we need to set up God's kingdom on earth, that we establish a thousand-year reign, whether it's through the preaching of the gospel and the world is Christianized, or it's through politics and that we, you know, politically, uh, you know, transform the world through Christian politics and, and people adopt, you know, uh, the moral law of God. At least some want to go back to, you know, the Old Testament law and institute Old Testament laws, and they believe we're going to usher in Christ's coming after we take over the earth for Christ. That's the post-mill view, or I should say, that's some people's view, the reconstructionist kingdom dominion view of post-millennialism. Now, I reject that out of hand. I believe the ah-mill view, the post-mill view are just absolutely unscriptural. Of course, there's Christians that hold these different views, so it's an in-house debate. But I would say this is, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh, we're not out to Christianize the world. In fact, if you look around and what's going on in the nations uh, here in the United States, it's hardly becoming more Christian, folks. There's more pe There's people coming to Christ around the world, but the world, the UN, the leaders of the nations, they reject Christ for the most part 
out of hand. What we're called to do is preach the gospel of the kingdom, Jesus said, throughout all the world as a witness to all nations, then the end will come. What we do is bring people to Jesus. His kingdom is not of this world. We invite them to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and be translated out of the kingdom of darkness, that's this world system, into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, I believe the amill and post-mill view are just so unscriptural because when you go to Revelation chapter 19, and you read about Jesus' second coming. It's clear, just go ahead and look at verses 11 through 21 there, and you see him coming on his white horse with the armies of heaven. He establishes a kingdom, he says the beast is taken, I believe that's in verses 19 through 21, and the false prophet, they're taken, uh, they're thrown alive into the lake of fire. Uh, he defeats the Antichrist's uh, armies, and then right in the very beginning there in Revelation chapter 20, which I do have before me, in Revelation chapter 20, look at what happens right after Jesus comes. In fact, he establishes his thousand-year reign after he comes. In fact, he establishes his thousand-year reign after he comes in Revelation 19. So he comes before the thousand-year reign. In fact, six times in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, we hear thousand years mentioned. And obviously, Jesus comes prior to the thousand years and sets up this kingdom. I read Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw them into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and who had not received its mark on their foreheads or on their hands. Obviously, folks, this is after the tribulation period. This is after the Antichrist has come, because those who have been resurrected to roll with Christ at this point are those who did not take the mark of the beast. They came to life. That speaks of resurrection. What did, you, what did the scripture say when Jesus comes? The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive will rise to meet them in the air, will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Well, here Jesus comes in Revelation 19. Then these people come to life, and it goes on to say, and they reign with Christ for a thousand years, the end of verse 4. Verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power but they will be priests of God and of Christ and they will reign with him for a thousand years. There is again, folks, it's so clear, folks. Jesus comes in Revelation 19, defeats the beast and the Antichrist with his armies, establishes his kingdom. He's ruling here. We see the resurrection here of the believers and they're reigning with him after he comes. So certainly the time is coming in respect to the millennium itself is before the thousand year millennial reign. I think it's pretty clear, folks. A second reason we can't be the millennium now, I mean, the first reason is obvious. Jesus didn't return yet. So the amill view that we're in this non-literal millennial period till he comes can't be true. The post-mill view that he comes after the church establishes a kingdom on earth and, and basically Christianizes the world can't be true as well because the church isn't Christianizing the world. It's becoming actually darker. Jesus said lawlessness would increase and the love of many would grow cold. Paul said terrible times would come and men would be lovers of self, covetous, boasters, proud blasphemers. He went on and on. The world's actually predicted to get a lot worse and certainly it is. But the second reason is not only the fact that the Bible tells us that Jesus comes before the millennium, Revelation 19 and 20. But secondly, we can't be in the millennium right now because just as we read in Revelation 20, Satan will be bound for a thousand years during the millennium. 
Satan certainly isn't bound. I have to do is see what's going on in the news today. Satan is alive and well on planet Earth. In fact, if you doubt that, I challenge you to grab our presentation, our expose, our 10-hour rockumentary called They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. Uh, or Hollywood's war on God, you'll see that Satan is alive and well on planet Earth and that he is very, very active. Or just go and check out our clips, Beyonce, the Super Bowl, Sasha and Satan, or Kesha, the satanic cult leader on YouTube, and you'll see that, wow, Satan's very, very active through music, through Hollywood, through false philosophy, through Darwinism, through many politicians. We live in a fallen world, folks, and there's demonism everywhere, folks. There's all kinds of people that have opened themselves up to the demonic world. There's all kinds of Satanism going on because these spiritual entities are real. And the scriptures say, Jesus said three times that Satan is a ruler of this world. 1 John 5:19 says, we know that we are of God and the whole world is under the power of the evil one. Folks, the scriptures say we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're in a spiritual battle. It's important that we realize that and our views of the millennium do matter because there's some folks that believe we're either in the millennium and Satan is bound or they believe, hey, you know what? We're in the new heaven and the new earth. That's not true, folks. Every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no more death in the new heaven and the new earth. It's not true either. We need to recognize these are important truths that we need to understand because if we don't believe that we're battling against a real spiritual enemy, we're not going to put on the whole armor of God to fight against him. We're not going to take spiritual warfare seriously. And we can be very deceived and we allow ourselves to be attacked and waylaid by the evil one. Well, folks, i tell you what, there's no way that Satan is bound right now. That's what the Bible says. If we're in the millennium, it says that he'd be bound by a strong angel with a chain. If we're in the millennium and Satan's bound with a chain, it's got to be an incredibly long chain, thousands of miles long, where he's able to come up from hell and do all the wicked things he's doing. We're definitely not yet in the millennium. God has much greater things planned for us in the millennium than this. Well, hey, folks, it's just starting to heat up here. Stay tuned as we dig deeper. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. You're listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. If you'd like to learn more about our life-changing resources, such as They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll and The Submerging Church, check out our website at goodfightradio.org. All right, welcome back, folks. We're addressing the question. Actually, several people have asked the same question in different ways. How is it that... Uh, we will reign over natural bodies in the millennium. How will there be natural bodies uh, that Jesus and the saints reign over in the millennial period? You see, the Bible talks about a thousand-year reign. Six times it's mentioned in Revelation chapter 20. We have these messianic prophecies where Jesus will rule on the on the throne of David on earth. And well, who are the subjects that he'll rule over? Who are the natural bodies when Jesus returns and comes back and wipes out and destroys the wicked, yet at the same time raptures and resurrects believers, resurrects the dead in Christ first, and then catches believers to meet him in the air, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15. Who are the people that are being reigned over? It's a great question, but we've been asking just basic questions to lead up to that answer because a lot of people are unfamiliar what the thousand years even is and, and what prophecies it fulfills. And there even there's even controversies whether it's you know premillennial, whether it comes before the millennium, or whether it comes uh, at the end of the millennium, post-mill, after the thousand years, or whether there's no literal millennium and we're kind of in this this quasi, you know, non-literal millennium right now that he comes at the end of that. I've already addressed from Revelation 19 that Jesus clearly comes in chapter 19 and he sets up the millennium 
in chapter 20. It falls on the heels of him defeating the beast and the Antichrist. The very next verses have to do with the resurrection, the effect of his coming, and how the saints will rule with Jesus for a thousand years. It's clearly premillennial. Now, it's interesting. The early church fathers were pretty much unanimous on this subject. Justin Martyr, one of the early church fathers, one of the most respected the church fathers, when he's talking about the millennium, he said this was believed in all the churches by everyone who was orthodox. So the early church for the first uh, few hundred years of church history, they took that thousand years quite literally. Also, another thing I'd like to mention along those lines to prove that we're not yet in the millennial period, we're not yet enjoying Christ's millennial reign, is that the scriptures state just clearly that the nations will beat their uh, swords into plowshares and, and the lion will lay down with the lamb and the wolf and they'll all graze together and the little child will feed them. In fact, we read in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. Now, folks, that's definitely not happening. First of all, we're not beating our swords into plowshares right now says the nations will learn war no more. The nations are learning war like never before. We've got weapons that are unspeakable, ungodly weapons that could wipe out the planet several times over. In fact, Jesus said just before he returns, before the millennium starts, that no flesh would be saved, that no one would be alive if he didn't return when he returned. That's the time we're living in today, folks. In fact, the lion is not laying down with the lamb and the wolf either. In fact, conduct an experiment. Very simple. Just go down to the zoo. And tell me how many, uh, how many cages you see with lions and lambs hanging out together and licking each other and just being really friendly toward each other. You won't find one. That's because we have not entered into that time yet. We're not in the millennium yet, folks. The lion and the lamb and the wolf aren't hanging out together. The little boy can't put his hand on the cobra, as the scriptures say, or, at the, or hang out at the, uh, uh, the snake hole and, and be fine. He's not leading these animals. If you put these animals together, folks, you're just going to have a big war, a big feast, and the lion's going to eat all of them. Uh, we're definitely not in the millennium yet. Another point along these lines, and we could bring up several more, but I'm just bringing up a few to make you think. We read that in the millennium, if someone dies before they hit 100 years old, they'll be considered like a baby dying in their infancy. They'll be considered cursed if you die before 100 years old. In fact, Isaiah 65, 20 says this, quote, never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. That's not true of today, is it, folks? Or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought to be a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. Now, folks, this is certainly not the case. Very few people live past a hundred. If they do, we don't consider them like cursed children who died too young. So, I mean, we can go on and on. It's absolutely absurd to think and say that, hey, we're in the millennium right now and that Christ will come later. It's just very opposite of what Jesus taught. In Revelation 19, again, he comes back, he establishes his kingdom, he defeats the beast and Antichrist, and then in Revelation 20, again, he sets up his kingdom. Our job is not to, uh, you know, take over the world for Christ. It's not to enforce Christianity. It's not to bring back the Mosaic law. And I want to say not all post-mills believe that, but some do. And I believe it actually gives the church a bad name because we're trying to enforce the Christian faith in certain areas of the world where we can't do that. Jesus said we're supposed to go to people and preach the gospel, the gospel of reconciliation. Let them know that Jesus Christ died for their sins. He was buried. He rose again. He conquered the grave that they could be saved. We have something much better to look for. 
We have something much better to look forward to than this fallen world. We have the resurrection. We have the millennial kingdom. We have the new heaven and new earth coming after that. It's going to be glorious for eternity. It's far more than what we have here, folks. We're supposed to be living to preach the gospel. Jesus said, preach the gospel in all the world. And he says, after he's preached in all the world, then the end would come and he would establish his kingdom. We read in Revelation chapter 11, uh, verses 15 and following, that when Jesus Christ comes, he says, it says that the kingdoms of this world, this is at the seventh trumpet. The last trumpet there in Revelation. It coincides with 1 Thessalonians 4. The last trumpet when uh, we're, we're changed at the, in the tweak of an eye. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where it actually calls it the last trumpet where we have these imperishable, incorruptible, immortal, glorious bodies. And here at the last trumpet of Revelation 11:15, what we see is the reward of the saints. That's because Jesus said, I come and my reward is with me. And it says specifically, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord. That's what happens, and that happens when Jesus Christ comes at his second coming, the time when he fulfills the messianic prophecies to sit on the throne of David and his disciples judge the world with him. The scriptures state that Jesus with his disciples or with his apostles even will, in the regeneration, Revelation 19, judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Folks, that's what we're looking forward to. It's going to be an exciting time. And you know, I apologize because in this show, we didn't get to the natural bodies in the millennium yet. We got to a lot of really cool things and we got to answer a lot of questions on the way. So next week, we'll actually spend more time on how is it that there's natural bodies in the millennium? How do they get there and how do we reign over them? Brothers and sisters, feel free to contact us at goodfightradio.org or on the Good Fight Facebook to ask more questions relating to theology, uh, the Bible, the cults, what's going on in the world. We'd like to thank you for being with us this week on the Good Fight Radio Show. We look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, press on to know Christ and to make him known. Keep your eyes on the Lord and your hands on the plow. God bless. You've been listening to pastor and author Joe Schimmel on the Good Fight Radio Show. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, please visit goodfightradio.org, where we feature many eye-popping and life-changing resources on DVD and CD, as well as an archive of previously aired shows. You can visit our podcast page at goodfightradio.org to find many of Pastor Joe's full Sunday morning teachings. If you've been blessed by this show and would like to share this blessing with others, you can help support our ministry by visiting our donate page also at goodfightradio.org. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We thank you for tuning in. Join us next time on the Good Fight Radio Show. Let's not forget that the arts are a compelling solution to teen violence. They're certainly not the cause of it. Our schools are turning into killing fields. Is it true that Satan is working behind the scenes in pop culture and music, influencing our families? Why is this happening? They're certainly not the cause of it. Not, not the cause of it. Cause of it. Cause of it.
They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll reveals rare footage that MTV and VH1 would dare not show you. This is something that the Church of Satan is conducting on many different avenues. We're doing this through the use of uh, uh, what we have called aesthetic terrorism. Uh, this involves the creative use of art, uh, music. This unbelievable rockumentary will have you picking your jaw up off the floor. Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, declared, Today's satanic bands are the vehicle of choice for millions of young people. If they encourage a study of real Satanism, I'm all for them. Music can inspire people to murder or violence, can inspire them to shoot a mall full of people. They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll is one of many resources offered by Pastor Joe Schimmel and Good Fight Ministries used to equip parents, educators, pastors, and various ministry leaders around the world with vital information needed to safeguard youth and adults alike from the overwhelming draw of society's destructive influences. Just keep this in mind. They're playing our CDs when they're not home, in your own car, and I'm influencing your children. Pick up your copy of They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll today by visiting www.goodfight.org. I'm glad you're influenced by us. Do you need drugs? Go home and smoke something. They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll is the presentation you can't afford to miss. Listen, if you're ever going to commit a crime, you should do it now because you're still a minor. And I'm influencing your children. Children, 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 children.